1: It is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. This is another playoff edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by your friends over at SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Flute. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. And a quick reminder, if you want the best seats in the house, just download the SeatGeek app on your phone. Use the code word Postseason. That is all caps, all one word. You're going to receive 10% off whether you're a returning customer Or a newbie in the SeatGeek world. You'll get your best seats to the baseball playoffs, NFL, college football, upcoming NBA, NHL, concert goers, and get 10% off. John Boy Postseason is the code word there. We'll start with a tip of the cap. Boy, they had everything rolling last night in Philadelphia, including security postgame. Dude got lit up. I usually don't like showing these things, but you know what? You're a complete asshole if you run on the field you deserve to have your ribs broken.
2: I just don't know how I feel about it, Chris. I really really don't, dude. Like I know you got to protect the players and you shouldn't be running on the field and it's against the rules and all these things, but dude, that guy got cracked. Like that's good. That
1: good. I don't know. That seemed a little excessive to me. No it wasn't. You are not if if I'm the owner of the of the Phillies, you're not welcome in the stadium ever again. Don't want your money. Don't want anything. See you. Sorry, because once again, we don't know what you're doing. I'm just not a fan of it. I w- I was laughing at this, however. My buddy Lance Zerline, who works with me over at NFL Network and does a great job breaking down NFL draft prospects. That's essentially like his big, big job. He He quote tweeted this video, and then he said, Security guard plays with excellent aggression, closes quickly on targets, runs through the contact, does a nice job of getting his head on back hip to avoid unnecessary head-neck trauma, would benefit from dropping target level. That's some funny shit right there, Lance. Yeah.
2: Look, I mean, I'm not defending this guy. I'm really not. Yes, you are. But you you serve these everybody full of beer you want to sell as much beer as possible okay right. you know things are going to happen why don't we like do something around the perimeter of the fence that doesn't allow people to hop the fence you're gonna avoid all of
1: this complete moron you that know i works mean works
2: too chris i'm just i'm a problem solver that's what you always say right i'm trying right. to solve then, the problem here this happens everywhere. a problem solver
1: why don't you have your i i'm guessing that guy didn't show up to the game by himself maybe his buddy who was with him Could have said, hey, bro, maybe one less beer tonight. That's a problem. Buddy was
2: also, you know, really messed up. I just think maybe let's just figure something else out. Let's keep mm -hmm. people off the field a different way. You don't have to, I mean, that, whew.
1: Yeah. Billy's bullpen loved it. Yeah, they did. They were laughing their asses off. Good. Happy the guy got his ass kicked. All right, let's get to it. Uh, We'll start with the ALCS, which returns after a day off. Rangers are back home in Arlington with a 2-0 series lead over Houston. Max Scherzer is going to be the big story. He will take the mound for the first time in over a month because of an injury. They were talking to him about what what his expectations are. He said, listen, I have no experience coming off an injury list with a month off and try to make a playoff start. It's my best guess what I'll be able to do, but no one really knows. So what would the Rangers take from their Game 3 starter tonight?
2: They've been getting so much length out of their starters that I feel like they want to continue to do that. So, you know, the reports are he's built up to around 65, 70 pitches. They said if he feels good, they'd be fine letting him go further than that. I mean, this is Max Scherzer, by the way, people. This is a track record guy. Like, he kind of calls the shots here. Now, I know Bochy can take him out whenever he wants, but, like, if Max is feeling good, they're not going to have some strict pitch count on him. So I think I think is going to be watching him closely. Um, what can we expect? You asked me to give a line for Max Scherzer tonight.
1: Well, no, no, no. What would they? What would the Rangers take? Oh, okay, what would they take? Yes. What What do you think they would be happy with instead of your prediction?
2: I think they would take five innings, like five innings to me. Like like in the in the four to five range is is. I feel like they'd be happy with that if they got anything past that, it would be you know kind of like more than they had hoped for. you know I don't I don't know what what am I supposed to say I don't know how this gonna how the Astros are gonna react to this. I don't know how Max is gonna react to this. I know he's when he got hurt, you know he tore the little muscle not a, a muscle in his shoulder. The the date put him at the ALCS and he said, Okay, like if we make it there, I'll be ready to pitch and here he is. I mean, this is why they brought him over to Texas to get him to the postseason and pitch in the postseason. So he's gonna be fired up. I don't know what's gonna happen with them, but I would say, yeah, four to five innings, they would be like they'd
1: be happy with that. I think they'd be static if they gave him four full and they're you only down so? a run. Uh, totally. Absolutely. I don't think but, so, Chris.
2: I think they're expecting think... more out of Max
1: Scherzer than that. Well, I mean, Max, even when he is at his best sometimes, he's still pitch heavy. You know, there's been times where he will, in playoffs past, where he'll go five or six innings and throw 100 pitches. So I would say that four innings would put him right around the 70 pitch mark. I mean, I would make him get in the zone first and foremost, because don't you think that would be the toughest thing for him to execute his pitches exactly where he wants to put them?
2: Well, we've seen, that's the thing is we've seen this Astros team come out and be aggressive early in counts. They really haven't been a patient team so Mm -hmm. far in the series. So I'm curious if, you know, the game, the game plan changes because Max is on the mound. They understand that he does have some sort of a pitch count and it hasn't, the approach hasn't worked for them in the first two games. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, I'd be curious to see if they do start to take pitches because we know this Rangers bullpen hasn't necessarily been tested fully yet with it. You know, we've had really good starts and we've been able to shorten games. So, like, you know, Bochy's been able to go to three or four guys. But, you know, if you get Max Scherzer out early, it's going to force him to go to someone else. And then you see what happens there. You start getting the bullpen in there earlier in games. You start wearing them down. It helps you out later in the series as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw them come and be a little bit more patient with Max. I just, man, in my mind, I'm thinking this is Max Scherzer. He's going to be so amped to be in this game. I I see him like throwing. Okay. I I don't see him going seven inning shutty, but I see him like finding a way to navigate through this lineup a few different
1: times. So for me, the biggest, uh, I think the biggest question mark is how Bochy uses his bullpen. Once Scherzer is done, whether that's after four, whether it's after five or something else. And obviously the game is going to dictate all of that, right? We know it. Um, But if they are down a run, does he play it like, do I go start using my A-list guys? Because in game four, he's going to have to either go with Dunning, Heaney, or Perez. Unless you want to go full bullpen, which I don't think you do with games possibly three straight days. And your bullpen not being the strength of your team. So to me, like next couple arms out of the bullpen is the part, to me, going to be the most fascinating part of this game. Don't you think for Texas?
2: I'm very, yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, this is the the whole storyline is massive for Texas. How, I mean, we talked about that from the beginning and he just hasn't had to do it yet. But yeah, how are you going to, you know, get your bullpen out there when your starter doesn't give you a great start or when you aren't leading or when, you know, you need to make these decisions? This is crunch time for that. So yeah, I mean, I'm very curious about that too. Yeah. I mean, I uh it, it all depends on how Max looks. And I think Bochi's a guy that can kind of tell right away, you know, what Max is gonna have in a tank. He's a guy he can read his starter pretty well.
1: Well, just a couple of notes before we move on to the next question. Dane Dunning, only one game so far in the playoffs, two innings. Heaney, one game, three and two thirds. Bradford, that kid saved him one day, three and two thirds. And Martin Perez hasn't thrown a pitch. So a lot of stuff up in the air. Not only tonight, but uh, heading toward Game Four when you things think it's, really. You
2: think cool. it's sorry. You think it's Scherzer, Bradford, Heaney, Dunning. Like that's
1: the. No, I, I, in think three that,
2: Scherzer, Bradford, and four Heaney, Dunning is what I'm trying to say. I think,
1: yeah. Well, I think maximum two of those guys pitch tonight, but I think really only one. I think only one guy. Okay. I I, I got to be honest with you. I think that the one thing Bochi doesn't want to be caught in is no man's land. Where he's like, God dang, we can't burn two of these guys tonight. Like, let's say the Scherzer gets lit up, and now it's... But the the Rangers also score some runs. So let's say he's got to cover six and a third innings for some reason. Okay, Okay, let's say Scherzer just doesn't do well, but let's say it's four, three Astros. So you're still very much in the game, right? That's where it gets hard for him. Like, do I use two length guys today when I know that Tomorrow, I you know I could be down up to one in the series, but now I've just blown out two length guys.
2: I think you can do two length guys because you have Scherzer and Bradford. I mean, Bradford's built up enough to go multiple innings, so you can go Mm -hmm. Scherzer, Bradford, and then see where the game's at. That's the most important thing. What's what are the Rangers doing? What's the offense of the Rangers doing? Right, keep in this game. That's Uh, what makes it
1: fascinating.
2: I think they did both those. Scherzer, Brad for today. Heaney, dying tomorrow, and then kind of figure out the back end of the game when they get when
1: time comes. It's going to be really, really a, a, a fascinating series. Um, partly because Houston's got to figure a way to get. Yes, go ahead, caller. What about John Gray? Oh, we well, forgot we have, about him.
2: We don't talk you're about right. him. Like you're right, he he's not. He's got to be in play tonight
1: well, or tomorrow. Um, w- one of the two days he's in. Okay, so that's one that's that's, that's going to be the plan. Yep, you're right. We totally forgot about John Gray. Good call. Um, so the most important thing in this series is that Houston's got to figure out a way to get back in it, to make it a series. So Christian Javier, he has made three career playoff starts. He's allowed two freaking hits and no runs. So what's a more of a must for Houston tonight? Javier's continued dominance or return to form of Altuve and Tucker, who are hitting a combined 128 in the playoffs with two extra base hits.
2: So I, I think it's the return to form of Altuve and Tucker. It's not like the Rangers have just blown up this series of runs. They scored five runs on Monday and what, two runs on Sunday? We're talking yep. about three and a half runs per game. I mean, you need your guys to hit. That's what the Phillies are doing. That's what that's why they're dominating. I mean, they've been getting good pitching too, but their guys have shown up. So, you know, Tucker, I know Baker said he might move him down in the lineup today because Michael Brantley has some better numbers against Scherzer anyway. But mm-hmm. um, they got they got to get going, uh, you know, Alvarez hitting a bunch of solo homers doesn't work. Like you got to get guys on base. The three run homer is kind of what they need. But it, just in general, yeah, I think that getting Altuve and Tucker going is much more important to them than than Javier doing his thing. I mean, that's important, too. But if you ask me, especially for the rest of the series, you just want to get these guys going any way you can.
1: To me, it's Javier. I mean, the guy's numbers are insane. Scoreless in 16 and a third playoff starting innings. Twenty. Now here's the the bugaboo for him. I mentioned only the two hits allowed because last year he also was the starter during the no-hitter against the Yankees. 23 strikeouts in those 16 and a third innings. 10 walks. 10 walks can be an issue because you walk a couple of guys and then Texas, we know they can leave the yard at any time. That's where you might only give up a hit or two, but if one or both leave the yard, Then you're on the wrong end of it all of a sudden. Um, It stinks for Houston that Altuve and Tucker are struggling the way they are. But Jordan is out of this world great. Bregman has been good. Uh, Michael Brantley is swinging a hot bat. If you can get one more guy in the lineup to continue at a solid pace, you should be okay. Is it better if you have Altuve and Tucker? Of course. But if I had to pick one... I want a guy that's going to keep the other team in check while Max Scherzer tries to figure out if he can pitch well.
2: Okay. I'm just saying there's there's some statistics. Our guy Brian McTaggart wrote an article on MLB.com, and there's one line that really stuck out to me. It's about Kyle Tucker. You want to hear it? Sure. Tucker has posted a 1.096 OPS in Astros wins and a 609 OPS in losses. Hmm. So, like, it means something
1: when he's going. Interesting.
2: Very interesting. And, and, I mean, the Astros will only scored four runs. I know. This hasn't been like a slugged-out series. I mean, we've seen some homers, mm-hmm. no doubt, but it hasn't been, uh, you know, a 10 to 8 each game. Like, I think a lot of people thought that's what it was going to be, and it right. just hasn't been that.
1: No, there's still time. It's there's so funny still because time. if you get these series and end up going six or seven games, you almost forget about games one and two and what happens. So we'll see yeah. if we get there or if.
2: Except when a team goes up 2 0. I think you can't ever forget that. That's this is the, both these series, man. 2 0 is daunting.
1: Yeah. Particularly when you lose the first two games at home. Yes. You, you, you don't come back usually, but we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. I'm excited for that. A uh, quick reminder today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by SeatGeek. So with the playoffs here and to celebrate SeatGeek, they're giving you a special offer once again to our viewers. Use that code JOHNBOYPLAYOFFS, all caps. All one word. You're going to get 10% off your order, whether you are a rookie in the SeatGeek space or a returning customer. So all you have to do, once again, grab your phone, download the SeatGeek app if you don't have it, add John Boy Postseason to your account. If you're not really familiar with SeatGeek, it's very simple. They are the number one ticketing app. It makes buying tickets super simple, whether you've got the app on your phones or, or elsewhere. It is the place to go thing I love about it is that it helps you find the right, perfect ticket for you. Like anybody could say, well, I want floor seats to an NBA game. Sounds ideal. But is that where you're really getting your best deal? SeatGeek will tell you. They rate every ticket on a scale from 0 to 10. And they put little color-coded dots. Green, that means you're getting a great deal. Red, not so sure. So you might be getting seat a few rows back, but based on what you're paying for it, It's a significantly better deal. You'll feel better about what you're paying and you'll still love the experience. Also, SeatGeek is the official ticket marketplace of Major League Baseball, so they have you covered for all of your baseball ticket needs. Once again, the hookup is John Boy Postseason for the code word. 10% off your tickets at SeatGeek. This code works on tickets for anything. Once again, it's not just the baseball playoffs. It's NFL. It's college football. It's the upcoming NBA. NHL is now in full swing. Uh, concert goers, whatever it is, it's John Boy postseason. So open up your phone, type in that code, get 10% off your next order. I like how you were just doing the typing in. I don't know. It's adorable. Let's move to the NLCS. Like the Rangers, the Phillies have a commanding two games to none lead. Aaron Nola was fantastic once again. Six shutty out there. And the Phillies' tiny little... Diminutive leadoff hitter, muscled a few over the wall. (laughs) Schwarber, high drive into right center. He's watching. It's flying. Goodbye. Schwarber strikes again biggest thing is just trying, you know, when we get our hitters pitch and, you know, that we don't want to miss it. That's the biggest thing right now. And I feel like that we're doing a really good job of really locking into that and, like you said, cutting down the swings. And next thing you know, it's kind of sh- it's showing into the, um, you know, slug. Why are you shaking your head?
2: These guys are incredible, dude. <laughs> and I kind of love, like, they're, like, not condescending with their answers to these questions, like, especially after the game. But, like, they're, like, all business right now it's really funny how they're answering these questions
1: they have been so impressive on every level on every level level, right i mean they didn't they just set a record for most homers over a four-game playoff span in any Uh, at any time in the playoffs in the history of the sport it just feels like like merrill kelly i thought did a hell of a job keeping his team in this game he gave up three freaking hits they all just all ended up over the wall including, you know, another one in the first inning by Trey Turner. And that place, man, we talked about it yesterday. You can't go down in that building. And then you can't go down by multiple runs because it just feels like an avalanche is coming your way. And then once Kelly exited stage left, it just all fell apart after that. The the place is just – everything is coming together for this team. I just don't remember teams having it – where every, I mean, really, let's think about it. They're one really good Austin Riley swing from being undefeated so far in this playoffs.
2: No, it's incredible. I mean, have you ever, okay, did you ever run track?
1: Or, like, race Stop. somebody ever? Wait a second, I'm being, hold on.
2: Just not even, like, for real. I'm just saying, have you ever raced somebody? You just and asked
1: me if I ran track. What about this body, says I don't Rose know what your body runner. looked like
2: 50 years ago. I don't what do, know. What do you
1: think it looked like? It really hasn't in, it gotten any better or any worse. Have it's you ever raced
2: same. somebody, Chris? Just, like, in general? Just, like, okay. ever
1: race somebody? Little side, side note. Okay. I was the manager for the baseball team in high school. Our assistant coach was my chemistry teacher, George Johnston, whom I loved thick New York accent. He's from like Niagara Falls. Love that. Great guy, but he didn't mind giving you shit. So yeah. everybody's signing up for their baseball uniforms, right? The size and stuff at the beginning of the spring. And I jokingly said, "Hey coach, what about a uniform for me?" And he goes, "Rose, they don't make uniforms in pear size." Oh. Pear I just ate a
2: pear last night. You don't have a pear-shaped body, bro. I do. I do. You know what?
1: I have I'm sick of your lack hits. of self confidence. Let's go. True though. All right. Anyway, You're what do you stud. want to say? So so what about I've never oh I, my I gosh. have run a race. Right, let me but get not back well. to
2: my point. Okay. If anybody's ever raced someone before that's just faster than them, it's the most frustrating thing in the world. You're never going to win. <laughs> that's what this offense feels like. That's what this team feels like. It feels like the other team is just slower than them. Like they're coming out and they're it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. First inning home runs. Runners in scoring position, they're getting the knock. They're adding on late. The defense is making plays. They're getting starts. The bullpen's been great. It feels like they're playing. It feels like they're just better than everybody else right Mm -hmm. now. And I'm talking about the Braves. Mm -hmm. The Diamondbacks, I mean, they are firing on all cylinders. And every team is playing catch-up. And good luck. It's just you're not going to be able to do it right now. Uh, the Diamondbacks have to find a way to silence these bats, especially early on. Kind of like good luck with that. You have you have fought today, and then kind of like a, I guess a bullpen day the next day. I mean, maybe that's the answer. I don't know, but it seems to me like right now that Philly's just faster than you. And if you ever run a race with somebody you know is
1: faster than you, it's like dude, I'm
2: playing, I'm I'm playing for second place.
1: It's, it's a bad feeling, Chris. You know what the Phillies have done, particularly offensively, is they've made their starting pitching seem second fiddle. And I just think we need to say what an amazing job this group of three starters because they've only used three in their games so far. Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, 46 and a third innings. They've given up eight runs. They've struck out 51 and they've only walked four. That's a joke. That is a joke. Now let's focus on Aaron Nola for a minute, who just came off at the worst regular season of his career in his walk season. I thought last night was huge because last year in their postseason run to the World Series, he was outstanding in the first two series. He had starts against St. Louis and Atlanta, where he didn't give up a run total in 12 and a third inning. He got to the NLCS and he got lit up by the Padres. He got to the World Series, and he got lit up twice by the Astros. He gave up 14 runs and 20 hits in 13 innings in those three starts. You don't think that stuck with him? He is a real quiet dude who's from Louisiana and just likes playing ball and being a good old country boy. And I think all this stuff with free agency is going to – he seems like the sort of guy that's going to be very uncomfortable for him. Like, he just – but – He's cooler than you think. Is he? Yeah.
2: I mean he, right. he is quiet and he is reserved and he's a very polite, just nice dude. Uh I think he's gonna enjoy this, man.
1: You think so? I yeah. well, I mean listen, you wants me back he wants me back. back in Philly, I know that. Yeah, that's gonna be an interesting one, how it's gonna play out. But he is just... their owner,
2: Middleton, I guarantee he gives him a real look, if
1: not wants him back for sure. Well, he's always been a guy that he'll give you Two hundred strikeouts and two hundred innings. That's pretty good, isn't
2: there? Isn't there like I and I really do feel this way about the Phillies organization, especially where they're at right now. They really feel like this group of guys Mm -hmm. has changed the culture in Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Nola has been part of it the entire time. I feel like this ownership likes to reward that or wants and wants to keep them around. I mean, it's. It's almost like a no-brainer to me to keep him around. And especially if he's already saying, I want to come back. And he mm-hmm. means it. Sometimes guys just say that because they're like, I'm not burning any fucking bridges. I want to go everywhere. Like, Nola wants to be back in Philadelphia. Like, I I try to tell people this clubhouse is so tight and it's so good and, it like, it's good for families. It's good for everything. Like, it's a very, very good place. It's a great place to play baseball. You, f- It's great he doesn't want to leave there like i wouldn't surprise me and this is i'm not speaking for him no idea about this it wouldn't surprise me if nola would would take a little bit less money to come back to philadelphia a little bit Maybe. and most guys wouldn't yeah, do close. that most guys wouldn't do that you have to really like a place to say i'm going to give up x amount to be there
1: i'm not saying he should do that or anything i'm yeah. just saying nola likes it there a lot all right let's get back to The task at hand, which is the Arizona Dimebacks, and we'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow in terms of how they try and get back in this series and whether or not they can. But Arizona was hitting on all cylinders before this series, right? They hadn't lost a game to either the Brewers or the Dodgers. We had seen them put up big innings. Now Christian Walker, I think that was nice that he got a base hit last night late because I think he needed to feel good about something because he was taking some swings. I think in that last at-bat, he swung one over his head and used a timeout on an 0-1 pitch because he you could see it yeah, 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 making yeah, yeah. his head spin where he was like, Jesus, where the fuck am I right now? And I think those guys need to get good, like feeling good about themselves. And that must be so hard when you're down 0-2 against a team that is playing this well.
2: I mean, some home cooking will be nice. I mean, Philadelphia is nuts. I mean, even my guy Longo let a ball drop didn't call the pitcher off like that that, to that to me tells me that the crowd was a factor and like the the flow of the game was tough it weighed heavy on the Diamondbacks. i feel like going back home will be a nice um i think they'll be able to wash those two games away and say hey we got nothing to lose now let's go out and try to win some baseball games i think it'll definitely help them there's no doubt about it i had one other thing to say and now i forgot it son of a gun
1: Something about their approach at the plate, or something, anything like that.
2: No, I'll try to remember it. All man. right, well,
1: don't worry about it. It's been dominant, one side. This is the series I'm worried about. I think Houston can get back into their series against Texas. I'm really worried here, but we'll see. I hope I hope Arizona makes it a series. I want to see a longer series. Those kids have played way too hard. They had a lot of people questioning oh. them. What is it?
2: I remember what I was going to say. I've been doing. I've been checking on. Uh I feel like this has been a postseason of bunch runs of crooked numbers. If you mm-hmm. can put up crooked numbers, you're gonna I mean, that's obvious. That's travelytics right. right there. Um the Rangers, I put it out on my Twitter. I think they have uh eight multi run innings to three against, and those three came in one game. So six out of seven games, they haven't given up a crooked number. That means the only yeah. time a team has scored, it's been one run. And you know that doesn't that doesn't bother anybody. You give one run, okay. Sure, right. It's the crooked numbers the the momentum swinging numbers uh the Phillies are the same I don't have the numbers in front of me but I believe they're it's like nine to four mm. uh their crooked numbers uh, to crooked numbers against and those only happened in two games so like they've been that's been the difference when you look at some of these teams is can you avoid giving up a crooked number and can you produce crooked numbers and these two teams the Rangers and the Phillies they've been able to do it and they're in the driver's seat right now
1: yeah but the, here's the Here's the thing that kind of hurts Arizona in that if I had told you at this time yesterday that Merrill Kelly would only give up three hits and they're all solo homers, you would have thought Arizona would still be in the game. But when they were down three, nothing, it felt like they had no shot. It did.
2: Oh, cause Nola yeah. looked looks filthy,
1: but that's my point. Yeah. Is it even when you're saying, okay, solo shots, aren't going to beat us. It just felt like, God dang, man, when, it, you know, Every it's the, run is the so first
2: important. inning too. I think first yeah, inning the is first so important,
1: inning. man. We talked about that. All right, let's move on. Uh, Martin Kilgore, who works for Fox, uh, TV in St. Louis, and then our Katie Wu, our friend Katie Wu, um, of the Athletic, both reporting that the Cards and Yadier Molina have mutual interest in the Cards legend joining the coaching staff with an everyday on-field position yet to be determined. In fact, Molina did say yes we met recently about this we want to get this done sooner rather than later if it is indeed going to happen does it sound like a good idea
2: uh yes it does 100% but it's how how do you execute it okay we know this cardinals team was a disaster on all fronts like seriously like clubhouse was not good uh the vibe wasn't good uh the the leaders there you know they weren't it wasn't a typical Cardinals season. It wasn't even a typical big league season. It was It was a disaster. It was. And the guy at the front of that is Ali Marmol. Young dude. New manager. I think <laughs> Sorry, Ali. I think you give him the boot, bro. And you put Yachty as your manager. That's the only way this works. This does not work if Yachty's the pitching coach or the bullpen coach or the bench coach. Because guess what? He is going to be the guy that people go to. It's not going to be Ollie, and we've seen Ollie when his back is against the wall. What does he do? He gets the claws out, bro. And his when he talks to the press, he's so aggressive. He is not going to want to be number two to Yadi or Molina. He's not like that. Dynamic is not going to work unless and less, bro. The only way that works is if Yadi comes out and says, "I'm not the manager." Ollie's the manager. And even then, it's like, okay, bro, like you're the guy. Oh. So I, I, I think yes, it works, but Ollie cannot be part of the equation if you bring Yadi back, because I think that dynamic has a chance, has a chance, people, to be toxic.
1: I don't think it's a great idea. I don't think it's a great idea for right now. First, because of the reason you mentioned, and you're right. If they put him on the coaching staff. He's got to be in charge because Ali Marmol, well, you don't think he's going to be looking over his shoulder every damn day from spring training on? Yes, every I day? told you that. You can't. If, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That doesn't hey, work. If they have a four-game losing streak, what is, what is everybody in St. Louis going to be clamoring for? Every talk show host, every columnist, anybody who has an opinion anywhere, any streamer, it doesn't matter. They're all going to be saying the same thing. Time for him to go. Time for Yachty to step in. Yachty got a taste of what it's like. He managed Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. He he can do this. He's got the respect of everybody in the city. Now, here's what I would worry about with Yachty. He played with all those dudes. So? I don't know, man. He's not, he's not
2: your typical teammate. He's not. They never saw him as like a regular teammate. Nobody
1: did. But can you remember an instance where a guy has gone pretty much from, I think it has happened, but maybe I'm just having a mental block, where somebody has gone from being your teammate to being your manager?
2: I mean, David Ross.
1: Yeah. He did it with the Cubs. And that didn't work out great.
2: I think Yachty's different than David Ross. 100%. Okay. Yachty has been, you know, a, a... not only a leader, but like he's been,
0: I mean, one I feel of the like most... he's
2: already been a player coach, sort of. You talk to guys in that Cardinals team that play with Yachty, I mean, he's hes running a lot of things there.
1: So, I, I have no concerns that he would be able to kick guys in the ass when they need to be. But, right, it's It's different, though. You have to admit it it is a different role. It's one thing to say that he was the leader in the clubhouse and a totally different thing to be the leader of of the clubhouse, if you know what I mean. There's the difference. So, look, this is what you need.
2: Yachty needs someone like a Skip Schumacher, because I think Skip Schumacher was, I think, him leaving was also a big part of Mm -hmm. what the clubhouse was like. Like Ollie Marmol all of a sudden doesn't have Yachty or Skip. Like those are two big things. So if Yachty, if this does happen, we're just talking hypotheticals, people. Yes, and, we are. And, you know, Ollie Marmol probably hates me because I, I talk a lot of smack. But if Yachty becomes manager, I think that the main thing is he doesn't have a lot of experience. So you have to get a really experienced bench coach. And you could find those guys, guys that they respect. I'm sure there are some in the organization that can help them transition to becoming a manager because, you know, it's not easy. There's a lot of things that you have to do as a manager that Yachty hasn't had to do. You know, it becomes a lot on your plate. I remember talking to Paul Mulder about that. He's like, man, I didn't know like there was so much more to do. Like there's just a lot of extra stuff, media, reports, you know, meet like there's so much extra stuff. It's not just the game and setting the game up. That's awesome. Everybody wants to do that. It's the extra stuff that gets tedious and long. And, you know, I think that's what makes being a manager difficult is having to be on all the time. I think if Yachty came in and got somebody great for it to be his bench coach, I
1: think it could work right away. Good. It'll be fun. Fun story for everybody except for Holly Monroe. Oh boy. All right. 45 years ago tonight, Reggie Reginald Martinez-Jackson hit three home runs to help the Yankees win game six of the 77 World Series, giving them their first crown in 15 years. If you could have been at one World Series moment, which one would it have been?
2: I gave this one a lot of thought. Um, There's a lot of special moments in the World Series. I think last time we talked about something like this, I said, you know, the Kirk Gibson moment is amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm going to go with a totally different one. I'm going to go, I believe, 1993. or two or three joe carter joe carter that's what i'm off. gonna be you want to go together at home at home in toronto do you know how much fun we could have in toronto you and i yeah we're going sorry babe cell phone doesn't work me and chris out all night what are we gonna do i don't know probably nothing probably just what aren't, we, and gonna <laughs> what no, aren't we gonna do what aren't we gonna do we're just gonna have a good meal and get tired yes <laughs> but uh, paul malder was there too So Paul Molitor was like, hey, Chris and Trev, let's go. We'd be like, all right, Molly, sure. What are we going to do? And
1: Molly would show us a good time. Yeah, um, that's a perfect one, in part because it's one of the three stadiums I haven't been to, so I could knock that one off of my list. Uh, I haven't been to the city of Toronto ever, even though I grew up five and a half hour drive from it. Shame on me. I've heard nothing but amazing things. Um, I also have heard some stories about what the Phillies did in their clubhouse after the game, which is interesting. I haven't heard those stories. Maybe
2: they say that for some amp.
1: Yeah. No. Not even amp-worthy. Okay. Sorry. That's a you and me hanging out story. Uh, and then, yeah, it looks it looks fun. Walk off to win the World Series is great. I thought about 2001 Arizona after Luis Gonzalez hit it over a That's a Brian. good one, too, c Rose. Yeah. yeah. You and
2: me on, what's that... Uh... In What's Scott that State street in Old Town? Well, there's Old Town, and then there's Mill Ave. Mm. That's the college town. You're yeah. too old for
1: that. I'm. Yeah, I'm good. actually. I'm too old. Yeah. Too. No, stop. I've got college. Sometimes again.
2: I feel like I'm 20 still, but I'm not.
1: Yeah. I'm not. No, and it gets on you quick. By the way. Yeah. You'll be hitting that 40 turn pretty soon. All right. Um, that'll do it. We are back at this again tomorrow. We'll see if we've got a series in Arlington. See if we can speak something into existence for Arizona to make it a series. Enjoy the game tonight. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, who's still looking for a party in Toronto from 1993. Or I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.